Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Our special guest is Stephen Heine. Uh, Stephen, he has 25 years of experience in the business by leading teams in very multinational companies and international corporations with an experience end-to-end in planning and procurement process. His experience uh, mainly is diversified across different industries and different companies. He led... uh, forecasting, implementation, inventory optimization, and S&OP, even IPP implementation in one of the world's largest furniture manufacturing company. Stephen, he is an international keynote speaker and subject matter expert in S&OP and IPP, and mainly supply chain improvement methods. I think that I can speak about Steve based on his amazing experience, 25 years of experience in the business and supply chain. That's why I want to just let let us welcome Mr. Steve, but before just as usual, uh, introducing Steve, let's give him some applause. Hello, Steve. Hello. I'll tell you, you're setting that bar really high. I don't know. It, <laughs> no, you deserve yeah. it. I know. I know that it has been humble. And let let me tell you something. Thank you so much for being here today in, in our show. And special thanks for taking the, the valuable time of your time and preparing this great material that will be presented today. So glad to host you. And I'm sure that our show today will be wonderful and a lot of values to be shared. Well, I really appreciate the invite, Street. Again, I've seen your previous uh, invitees, and again, people I know, people I've actually met and spoke with at different conferences. So, you know, a great service that you're here in the interactive. This will be the first time where we can actually talk to <laughs> live, people live during the podcast. So this is like when I do the live conferences. I love these things. So let's get this started. It's a pleasure, and I'm so excited today. So again, just to let people know that we will start our our uh, presentation today. Uh, what what we, I want you to tell I want to tell you about the format and how the flow will be gone. Uh, we have uh, like five or six slides. 
between each slide, we will uh, uh, stop to take your questions. So Steve will speak about uh, the materials and the values. So draft all of your questions. And once we finish slide by slide, we'll move into your questions and take it on the spot. So are you aligned, guys? If you're aligned, please press yes. <laughs> so if, Let's I, go. Will, yeah, I will try now to uh, share my screen. If you can see my screen. Is it? Uh, I think it's now, right? Uh, you're not. You can not, see. Yep, there we go. Perfect. It's, it's now. It's, it's always now, right? Yes, so I will hand the mic over to you, Mr. Steve, and take it over. All right. Let's go to the next slide, please. Okay. Now we, we are gone. All right. Perfect. So uh, what we're talking about here, pandemic. Obviously, this has hit every industry, every region of the world. There's no one that this has not impacted. So if you hit the next button and we go sure. through the, we'll, we'll kind of roll down through some of these topics. The next one, please. You know, there was a lot of things that happened with the pandemic and how it impacted all of us. And, you know, SNOP, PSYOP, IBPA, whatever you want to call it, you know, the image on that right side is kind of reality that we all faced. You know, we were moving along pretty well. And when you're flying the plane, it was fairly stable, but then the pandemic caused this huge interruption and we had to fix that plane while flying it. And it was crazy, very stressful, a lot of events happening. Um, I'll tell you what, if you hit a couple more times, we'll walk through some of these big blocks and just so we can kind of get to the questions in the meat of it. If you click, please, there we go. And we'll hit it one more time just to display all of it so the audience can kind of digest this. Um, so, you know, the enhancements, what we were seeing a lot of times before people were doing monthly cycles and mm -hmm. in the environment of a pandemic, you can't wait for one, two months to see trends and patterns. As they say, two, two data points is a line, three <laughs> data points, you get to a trend. Well, if you looked at where we were in the pandemic, when it really kicked in in March, you could not wait till, you know, April, May, June before making major decisions for your company because the draw, you know, it fell out so quickly. So what a lot of companies and the individuals, you know, that I was working with and things, we were talking about how do you change it and move to a more responsive methodology. And it wasn't just the demand forecasting. It wasn't just the supply, but you had to move them all and you had to move them quick and you had to have methodologies to do that. And to be able to monitor that and see it almost in real time, a lot of companies to went to what they call, you know, a weekly cadence. Some people will call it a SNOE or sales and operations execution. Other people talk it about as a control tower, and we'll go into that a little bit further. But you know, that kind of set the stage for us, and it wasn't just supply chain by itself. You know, it, it was the entire organization. This is a lot where you hear talking people talk about either that integrated business planning or end-to-end -end, uh, business planning because you had to pull in logistics, you had to pull in production, but you also had to pull in your finance team. You had to look at your strategy. So there was a lot of elements on that that all went together to manage that. And again, that's where everyone was trying to fix that plane while flying. 
I'm going to take a breath here and let's kind of go to some of the questions and see what people have to say or if there's any further details that we should jump into. Still, uh, we don't have any questions. So, guys, if you have any questions in, in your mind, please let us know and we will jump into your uh, question on spot. But uh, right now we can move into the next slide, uh, Mr. Steve. Sure. Okay. Sure. I, no, I will check. Sure. check on the Sure. Okay, and I'm looking at the questions myself because I can see them. There was there is a comment from David saying, "Unfortunately, it's difficult." Uh, yeah, we have another one that's saying it's difficult to see because uh, the presentation is small. So what we uh, might have to do? Can we do it like you? that? If 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 just uh, I ask guys, uh, if you can see the full screen right now, I think it's it's working, right? So yeah, we're see, you, we're. Uh, I'm sorry. Sure. We are seeing the full screen, but everyone's saying it's still a little too small. So I think what we're going to have to do, maybe we go back to the discussion and talk through it instead of sharing. That might be easier. What's your th thoughts on that? Sure, sure. No worries at all. Okay. And you know, people were saying, hey, can we share it later from what I'm seeing in the comments? And we can definitely do that. Yes. I, I think that there is a question, uh, Steve, from Nether. He is, is saying that what is uh, the difference? What's the difference between S and O uh, R and the co uh, control tower? Okay. Yeah. So what will you know, kind of from S and OE. Yeah, correct. What is referred to as S and OE. So that's that sales and operations execution. execution. That's how well, you know, if people are familiar when the three kind of high level planning phases, you have the frozen period where you say it's locked and loaded. It shouldn't be changed unless there's an executive review or approval process. You have the slush period where it, it's a little dynamic, and then you have the fluid period. A lot of times the SNOE is how well we're executing within that frozen and slush period when POs are released, when your orders are with your suppliers, and do you have to do air freights? Do you have to do things? And a lot of times I will use that interactively with control tower because think about it's that long range flight. And I'll tell you, if, if you wouldn't slide forward one more uh, click on the PowerPoint presentation. And again, we'll share this with the group if it walks forward. Um, hopefully it'll step forward. Yep. One more, please. Okay. And more? one more. Yep. One more. We'll get there. <laughs> so from a visual. This is, you know, when you're talking about that long range planning, um, that first big blue box is talking about, you know, the strap plan. That's that one to five year. Usually we're talking about that long range. That's where you have time to make new plants. You have time for that capacity constraint. When you get into that AOP, the annual operating plan, that's where it's like, hey, we still we're in the slush. If we had to add another shift, if we had to add an expansion, it's possible, but it's starting to get more dynamic. And then when we get into the SNOE, it's kind of like the airplane. You're now either landing it or taking it off and it's getting it to that last, you know, what you hear in supply chain, that last mile delivery. And where you got to be careful is I don't know how many people travel a lot, especially after the pandemic, but you know, I'm still doing a lot of traveling. And how many times have you had the plane has landed, they pulled you up and they say, oh, we can't pull you to the gate yet because either there's a plane there or they're not ready yet or whatever reason. And are you as a customer happy that you landed, but you can't get off the plane? So it's just like our customers when we deliver it. 
you know, even if it's a 30 party logistics company, if you don't get there, get it to there on time and quality and the products, what they expect, that's why they'll refer to as, you know, control tower or that last mile, the handoff or handshake to the customer. So hopefully that ha helps answer the question. Yeah. In fact, another just if, if you want any further question, please uh, hit the just comment. I think that uh, Dr. Steven, if we have we have another question from Aleju. He has another question. He's speaking sure. the, just asking in which part of SNOP you will implement innovations or new projects. So in again, this is going to be one of those. What you'll find out is I I I have a lot of it depends. There is no silver bullet in this. There's no magic. But when I was working with Honeywell International, think about developing projects that are big chemicals. You have to go through a lot of process improvements. There's safety and security kind of things in it because of the nature of the product. So that in those industries, you know, it can be two, three, five years to develop a new product. And obviously that's something that's gonna be in that strategic because of the amount of capital and investments. Other industries like tech, software, things like that, they can move and they have to move to be competitive. So they're gonna be a lot shorter and they may be in the slush period that because of the dynamics and nature of their industry, it's a lot faster and it's shorter and compressed. So hopefully that helps Again, unfortunately, yeah. there's never one single answer that's going to fit exactly. everyone's industry. Yes, because also, if I can add something to your wonderful insights, uh, Stephen. So I think it's all. It depends on the industry, industry, and even company to company, and it's it depends on their process. I see some companies that they don't involve the product introduction or in, any innovations, new pro, uh, products uh, to the market in their S and P cycle. They have a different network. And the innovations, when it comes to reflecting the forecast, at this point, they put the real, uh, I would say, codes or the real products in their forecast so it can be cashed up. And some another companies that they take like a network inside their uh, uh, weekly agendas or their meetings inside the S&OP, and they involve the each and every product introduction or uh, even the innovation in their cycle. So it depends from a company to company and depends also what is the percentage of the portfolio from your innovations and relaunches and the, the, the new projects. So it's all about the company and how they look at look at it from, from their end, angel. There's another good question that just popped in uh, about SOE. Is it comparing the planning to actuals? I would say that's a small part of it, but it's more about how well are they executing against the plan. So think about when you're, you know, you're talking about the production plan or the purchasing plan, but in the current environment, especially with the pandemic, it's very dynamic. So lead times, how many people have their system lead times and they've updated or overhauled it? Because prior to the pandemic, you know, if you were buying things from overseas, say Asia, you know, China and different things, where you might have had a 30, 45 day lead time, maybe 60 or longer, depending on the product. But now with container shortages, with the allocation of containers, with the backlog in the ports, are people updating their planning parameters and their ERP systems? Do they have, you know, we work with clients, the one I just had recently, we had to overhaul and do a mass update. And what we looked at is from time of creation to actually time of receipt at the dock 
look mm -hmm. at it, look at the bell curve from over the last three months and said, hey, what's that midpoint? What's the deviation that we've seen for the key suppliers? And then put that 95% probability on it. Now, obviously things will fluctuate. It's gonna get longer, but hopefully it'll settle back down that you have those capabilities, not only to review um, you know, those and, and be able to do those mass updates, but it's not just key KPIs exclusively on your suppliers, but it's also internally, how well is your planning parameters done for and then your supplier, you know, whether you have supplier OTIF on time and full delivery metrics, just like we do for our customers, and or your logistics providers or your production group for you know the perspective of what we call production adherence. How well are they doing too? Because everyone's inventory has got so tight in this current environment. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. So uh, we have another question. Actually, we have two questions sure. from Helbert. He's asking, should we take it uh, that the, that in the old way, monthly process didn't qu quite span as many functions as are needed with the S and OE? Again, what I would say is we can't say that that was the case for every company. I always find it interesting where people say, hey, SNOP is this. You could have an SNOP process that is more mature than an IBP process in a different company. The letters aren't that important. It's more what's the maturity level. And when we get to this maturity chart that's coming up, and you'll see it even in the PowerPoint that I talk about, don't worry about the letters, but worry about what's the process and how mature it is. So, you know, whether who's involved with it, if it was just some organizations that are in their early maturity stage, it's only one group and that might just be supply chain planning. A lot of times you typically see SNOP, PSYOP or IBP that it's one person and it might be a manager or director in the supply chain area. Other or larger organizations may have it somewhere else, but you can't say, hey, is SNOP just that one group. But what I am saying is when we step back and we look, you know, if you can see this slide later when we send it out to the team, what you'll see is it's a good mature process, an integrated business planning process will include all the elements. What am I referring to? Those four elements on the screen, which is your strategic mm -hmm. strap or your long-term strategy for the organization, your annual operating plan with your objectives, which usually are in monthly and quarterly buckets, your PSYOP, SNOP, IBP process, mm -hmm. and then your SNOE, that tactical, how well am I executing? Do I need to air freight? Do I need to do special uh, things outside the norm to get that service level that's required? And again, there should be a standard operating procedure when you're going outside the norm. Is it approved? Is it agreed cross-functionally and financially to make that business decision? So hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Steve. Uh, we have another question, and I think we'll jump into our next uh, slide. Sure. So we have our friend Alijo. He's speaking, I think, about the innovations. He, he spoke mainly about FMCG launching, for example, project launch for uh, next year. I think he specified the same question about the, the new product introduction or the new innovations uh, or the new project inside the S&OP. Okay. Yep. So it absolutely needs to be in there. And the way I typically recommend is 
all these elements, you know, especially SNOP, it's a monthly cycle. It should be a monthly cycle. It should not be weekly. Um, that's what the SNOE is. But is it all inclusive for new products? Absolutely not. If you're having a meeting once a month and that's the only time you're talking about key launches, especially if they're critical ones, there's not enough time to do that in once a month meetings. But it should be that high level overview. Where are we on the process? Is there limitations? Is there concerns about that? And as you go through that typical you know, review process, the demand review, the supply review, the reconciliation and then the executive psyop should there always be elements of critical new product introductions in that yes is that enough by itself absolutely not so i think this is again that integrated business piece where it's part of the you know snop process but it can't be that element by itself if that hopefully that helps yeah thank you dr steve uh Alicia, if you want to have any question or further notifications, please ask more questions if you want. I think we have another question, but uh, before uh, going to this question, we'll jump into the, the next slide and we'll have uh, we'll take more questions. Okay? Sounds good. So, okay, so I will move into the next uh, slide. I think right. uh, we're okay. Yeah, and again, I think this is going to be small for the group. So I'm going to do kind of the verbal overall. What you see in these two quadrants is the early stage versus the advanced stage and kind of what's the differences between them. So we've talked a little bit about it, but just to frame it up a little further and then we'll go to the questions. You know, the early stage is what you typically see. A lot of times the strategy is not there. You know, what you want to make sure is your corporate strategy. A lot of times when I do my public speaking, I'll talk about Amazon. You know, that's obviously a huge company. And whether you know it's Alibaba or some of the other company, large companies across the world, companies like that, they have a strategic objective and what's their focus point. For Amazon, it was growth. For the you know, and everyone talked about Amazon of how well they're doing and you know, all this great stuff, but they weren't profitable for their first decade plus. And for some people, some companies. That wouldn't be appropriate. That wouldn't be successful. So what you got to make sure is, you know, is your strategy in there and is the group aligned? A lot of other things that you see in the early stages is it's only quantity. You know, you used to hear SNOP, it's the balancing of supply and demand. Well, it's a lot more than that. It's also looking, are you doing the right financial things? Are you doing elements that make sense there for the overall strategy and business and growth incentives or whatever that was is there's also a lot of debate on are we wasting time do you see duplicate meetings that they're talking about the same thing are you arguing about what are the true priorities are you debating whether what's the system of record or the kpis how many times have people going into meetings and one group has one set of numbers maybe finances numbers doesn't match supply chains numbers mm -hmm. which don't match sales numbers and you spend half your meeting debating whose numbers are right. Well, that happens a lot in the earlier stages. If I go to the mature stages, you know, that's where it's more transparent. There's still full visibility of, you know, whose holes are what. You have one system of record. Everyone agrees on here's how we measure success. And it's kind of like everyone in the boat, you know, in the canoe rowing to the same direction in the same boat or excuse me, the same objective or target where in the earlier stage, you have the people rowing all different directions. So hopefully that helps. Um, it, again, we can go into questions or further details if we'd like. 
Yeah, sure. I have a question and I will jump into the other questions. I like what you said, Steve, about the maturity from S and OP and take it to the next level. So just to reach, to have this kind of one number between all functions, I'm talking about as, as you spoke that sometimes that you will see that the forks that flows to the sourcing units or just for ordering from another plants or whatever manufacturing, it's totally different number than what was communicated to uh, the sales target, it will be totally different than the distributor target, to be totally different than the financial cash-up target or the financial business plan target. How can you shift this mindset? I know that you have great experience in that, managing this in the inside the corporation, consulting this. How can you take this first stage uh, of immaturity, I would say, reactive mood, into the next level in, in terms of leadership? How can you take it? Yeah, that's a great question. And we get that all the time. And it's being able to bridge things. And here's where I'm going to go with this. It has to fit basically the functionality of everyone, but needs to come back to one system of truth, one set of numbers. Well, a lot of people say, Steve, how's that possible? My salespeople want to see it in the sales dollars. My forecasting people want to see it in unit of measures. My production plan, they might want it in throughput, which could be a common element, which might be pounds or lineal feet, which isn't even in unit of measures. But what you'll find is typically most ERP mm -hmm. systems, you can do that conversion. You can convert from lineal feet, pounds to units, then to dollars and you can even get the profitability for some. Now, obviously that's not something you flip a switch, but there's ways you can do that walk with a reasonable data set. You know, some people use Power BI or Tableau or, you know, data warehouses, but you'd have what I call different views. You know, hey, if I'm a forecasting yeah. person, I wanna look at units, I can just look at units. I don't, I, you know, it's not as <laughs> crucial on dollars. I'm all about, am I getting the right yeah. products in the right place at the right time? But whether, you know, all those other stuff, I don't worry about that. Production is going to be doing theirs. So you got to make sure when the units of measures change, it's the same base data. And that's what we kind of, you know, how to go across that and show that uh, help for the next stage. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Steve. I think we have another question from LinkedIn user. I'm not sure, sure who is, but let's take the question. Sure. So he's asking how to keep a focus on strategy and tactical angles of S and OP when everyone is fully occupied to fixing the uh, the flying plane, which is also on fire. Isn't this the right time to refocus more on strategic and tactical? Never miss a good opportunity. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so a lot of times what I have seen, you know, and, and talking with people at the different conferences and stuff, that strategy and getting everyone aligned of what is the key goals and how do we win together? You know, how am I successful for this day, this week? And, you know, if all of a sudden what you find out, your metrics in your PSYOP or SNOP process today don't align with that, that may be why you're having problem getting leadership engagement or why they say, hey, I'm not getting a lot of value in this. But if you're tying this with a corporate strategy, and again, 
for Amazon, that was growth. If you're going in and you're talking about something that's not growth customer, you know, they're very customer centric, but you're coming into KPIs that may not line well with that. How well are they going to receive that or perceive that? So, you know, are you making sure there's value now at each the demand meeting may be different. You know, it's going to be different KPIs versus the supply or the reconciliation if it's tying into the financials. But you got to make sure it does kind of tie in that. And being able to show that I think is going to be key to take this opportunity. Like you say, and a lot of you'll hear sometimes, you know, don't take a bad event and try to make a, a successful opportunity out of it because it does open up a lot of opportunities when these things happen. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I hope that uh, LinkedIn user, I'm not sure it's not obvious, but hopefully that uh, we answered your questions and let us know if you want uh, uh, anything more. The second question from David, he's asking, can we discuss S&OP in the retail business? Yeah, sure. It, the good thing is when I worked at Knoll, you know, I had Walmart, I had Target, I had Home Depot, I had those kind of big box retailers. and. SNOP, it is interesting because those companies also do it. And you'll talk about the integration once we get to the next slides coming up. And you know, this is a great door opener. Um, I break mine out a little different than a lot of other uh, companies do. And you'll see where I have mine. It talks about the internal attributes where you reflect inside on your company, your systems, your processes, your people, and then the external. And that's where for whether it's retail and or uh, mm -hmm. manufacturing an SNOP process is a very strong tool. And it's interesting because my first job in supply chain, I was a retail buyer of toys internationally <laughs> for a thousand store over billion dollar organization, um, bringing in toys for the toy department and then the distribution to over those thousand stores across the country. So I can fully appreciate what you're talking about. And SNOP is a great tool, whether you're retail and or a manufacturer. So hopefully that answers that question. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I think Nader is saying something. He's saying, can you please share the slides? It's very helpful. Uh, I think we, we can share this in the comment. We can upload it somewhere and put it in the comment uh, inside the screen. Can you, if you have the, um, there's a, if you go to my personal uh, link, if you go on LinkedIn and search Steve Haney, it should show right on the top this presentation and it'll show all the slides. So that is some place where you can see the slides. I just did a post on it and I think it's on the top of my LinkedIn profile. Or if you look at my perfect. activity, I just posted it. So perfect, perfect. Hopefully that uh, neither he is listening to that right now. Okay, so let's move to the next slide. Sounds good. Yeah. I think this is all right. So neat. this is this is it. Yeah, let, let's we'll walk through the, because there's no question. This font is small, and what this is is this is the maturity uh, matrix that I built, and it mm -hmm. talks about the five stages and. Even for myself, you know, my screen's a little bit smaller because I, I'm seeing the messages and I have notes on the other screen. But if you go to that um, LinkedIn post that I did on this, you'll be able to see it. The, it breaks it into the five different stages of the mm -hmm. maturity. And in those, and I'm going to have to bring mine up because I'm also doing the same thing that everyone else is. Um, the first stage is reactive. So that's, you know, very early in the process. 
people aren't learning about you know things until after the fact. Um, it's not incorporated. They're talking about blame games, no formal meetings or KPIs, minimum reports and data, and there's not a lot of interaction with your outside suppliers. The next one is speculative. So you're guessing at things. You're getting a little information, but it's high level detail. It's not actionable. Um, you talk about when you go into the meetings, everyone's talking about, hey, that's their numbers. Uh, what are they doing? They're not helping me instead of you know talking about us as a team. I always have to laugh. People, they see my metrics and they say, Steve, CYA? Yeah, cover your area. It's where you have a lot of people that come in with KPIs and you'll see the metrics and their whole objective. We all know with numbers, you know, you can tell stories with numbers and you can modify them to tell the story you want and they will cover their area, whether it's production, finance or sales. They're going to want they don't want to put that in front of the executives as bad. So they're going to cover their area to their best interest. And that's where sometimes you have different reports from different people because mm -hmm. that, that transparency is still not fully there. Um, again, from a technology and report, you're typically looking hindsight. It's backwards. You're not looking forwards on things. Yeah, and if you walk that forward and fill in all those blocks, because again, it, I don't think the group can see it very well, but I'm continuing walking through this. Um, okay. The external elements that, you know, it's occasional, minimal. You get to the emerging stage. That's where people start learning about it. And it's that, you know, hey, this is working. This is beneficial. The strategy starts getting involved. We can do this together. They talk about, you know, how do we align our processes and, and get to one single record? Um, our KPI and reports, maybe we can use the different ones with different views that I talked about. And then we also start getting involved with the market environment, the customer, our key customers, suppliers, and what's happening in the market. The next one, stage four is collaborative. And that's again, when you're starting to get roll things out, things are incorporated. We use the words, we, our goals, uh, we have a common platform. We're now not just looking backwards what happened in the past, but we're saying, hey, what if? We're doing scenarios somewhat. And then we're also working with our outside key customers, suppliers, and things are getting automated. The last stage is the integration. And that's when you have the aligned foresight. And that's going across all your internal and external elements. You're talking about, hey, the entire process, it's critical to that. You know, we're talking about the strategy. It's a driving element of it. Um, everyone's aligned. There's that clear communication and collaboration that on that future vision. From a technology, this is where companies will get to the predictive, the uh, machine learning, those kind of advanced things when you're in that elite of the elite. And then from the external things, you're working with your key suppliers and market intelligence. You know, some companies will do the web scraping and things like that. So, you know, that's a lot of information. I just dumped a lot. Hopefully some people can see the online with the bigger print. Um, and again, if you want to get this, you can definitely hit my site. I think we'll do a push and share this to the whole group. So I do apologize that the print's a little small, but uh, at least it'll give a high level framing. And now we yeah. can go to some questions on it. It's, it's wonderful, uh, Steve. We have a question. Just if you allow me, I will jump into this question from sure. Salwa. She's asking, you read in the previous slide that S&OP and S&OE are generally managed through two separate teams. Is that, is that what kind of industries, is, the, is it relevant to have separate teams? Here's the reason why I'm saying that. 
Is it 100% no one similar? No. But is it the exact same team? No. Here's the why. Let me explain the why. Um, remember that the SNOP is going to be the higher level. You don't want to have a huge amount of people. Some I find some organizations want to have this entire huge room that can break down the efficiency and the uh, productivity of the meeting when you have too large of a group. When you start talking about SNOE, especially depending on the size, if you have a large international corporation and you got different countries, different regions, this is about how well each location is executing their plan, whether they got to do you know, air freight, whether they got to do mm -hmm. overtime, whether they got to do um, optimization of you know, whatever, but how well are they doing that last mile and what are the business decisions to do that? And you don't want to have you know, your executive team in that there should be standard operating procedures that says, hey, at this level, you can make these answers independently underneath the standing operating procedure. If you go above here, you might need to be able to get a higher level or finance to go in and say, man, I'm going to be air freighting a whole, you know, X amount of pallets from overseas. Does that meet the margin cost justification? But why I'm saying is it's different is it's a different kind of people and it's a little bit different function, but they got to be integrated, that it's not standalone independent, that data needs to go back and forth and feed each other and be um, linked if it helps. So hopefully that answers that question. Thank you, Steve. We have another question from our friend Aliju. He's asking, when you talk about IPP, is about SAP, HANA tool or other integrated business plan? <laughs> good, good. That's a good question. So here, I've got, I've got to take that and I'm going to twist it. Neither. See all the above. Um, what you're referring when you're talking about HANA and IBP, that's a module. You know, uh, back in the day when I was at Honeywell, the older model of the IBP was the APP, you know, Advanced Planning Optimization. I am not talking about software here. So I'm not talking about SAPs. IBP. I'm not talking a number of companies are implementing new models of IBP. When I'm using the IPP acronym, it's integrated business planning and it's a business process or philosophy that says, hey, how do we make sure that we have full alignment and planning across the organization being all the functional teams? So finance, supply chain, procurement, logistics, HR, engineering, new product introductory, marketing, sales, all it's integrated business planning as a business philosophy, not a tool. So hopefully that helps answer that question. Yeah, thank you. We have our friend Atif. He's saying great information. Thanks for all of your effort. Our friend also Louis, Luis Alberto, is saying thanks for the information. Best regards from Guatemala. Thank you. Arisha, just he's confirming that everything is clear. Perfect. I'm glad that helped. Thanks. Uh, so I think now we are, we reached to the the end of mostly the presentation, right? Well, let me do a there. There is one more page, um, but sure. let's hold on this one for one moment. So in sure. the um, post that I did and on this page, we talked. There's a Mentimeter survey. The goal is not you don't have to do this right now. It's open for two <laughs> weeks. 
So please, you know, again, let's stay focused and keep this dialogue going. It's a great conversation. And I don't want to have people distracted. And all of a sudden we lose all the questions. We want to keep these questions coming. They're great. But there is a Mentimeter survey out there. It's 100% anonymous. I cannot see it. Mentimeter cannot see. So don't feel bad. But what we want everyone is to be truthful and fair. And what it will do, that survey that we just talked about of the attributes, the four key key mile, you know, what I call the cornerstones being the strategy, the people, the process, and the technology, both mm -hmm. internally and externally. I would like you to review your own organization. What this allow you to do, it'll allow you to see how well you are coming up versus other companies. And it will actually, if you put your email at the end, you'll be able to see how well your performance is versus everyone else. It'll give you this bell curve. It's a real nice bell curve. And then you say, well, Steve, if I do it right now, and you know, should I wait to the end? Definitely not. It, it will send you an email and you can look at it, you know, hey, next week, you can come back in two weeks when it's totally done and, re and it, it'll allow you to keep going back and it'll show you everyone that's answered this question. So it'll be a good thing. And that'll also be helpful for people who couldn't attend today. And they'll, you know, watch the video uh, later in the week or next weekend, and they can still do it. And you can see the results on that. So that's what this is all about. Is there any questions about the survey or how to access it or how it works? Yeah, I think guys, if you have any questions, just let us know, just jump into it. I think that we have another question from Raymond. If you sure. allow us just will jump. He's, uh, th he's saying just apologize for joining late. No problem at all, brother. So he's asking, does IPP replace your uh, business continuity plan or does IPP complement it? Thanks. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that, and again, I, I apologize and with you being late, Raman. Um, I'm going to do my, my, my typical answer, as I mentioned, it depends. It depends on the structure, the organization, and the uniquenesses. A lot of times what I would recommend doing and, you know, when we go in and we work with clients or I work with my own, when I have my own business units, what I would do is I'd say, guys, give me all your meetings that impact these things. These are the key elements that we're going to cover in our demand meeting, our supply meeting, our reconciliation meeting, and also the executive meeting. If there are meetings where you're covering the exact same topics, we just got to deep understand where, where is this going to be no one in today's world no one needs extra meetings to rehash the exact same topics multiple times it's just not efficient for the company so you know it's going to be what's where's the best place to put it you do want it to feed of one of the two places that it's integrated and again you have that integrated business play, planning but i wouldn't say it does 100 percent cut it out it's not needed because again, these meetings are typically, depending on the company, it could be as short as a one hour meeting. I've seen them sometimes go a half day to a full day meeting, depending on the organization. So, you know, it, it all depended on the company. And like I say, there's no one size fits all for every company. So hopefully that answers your question, Raymond. Thank you, Steve. So we'll come into the last question. So, uh, if if the, anyone wants to uh, just uh, reach out to you, whether for just helping them in their career or just helping a company, what will be the best channel to connect with you and where? 
Sure. Um, I would say LinkedIn is a great, it's very, believe me when I say you can find me easy <laughs> on LinkedIn with the public speaking I do. If you put in Stephen Haney, it's spelled H-A-I-N-E-Y. Obviously it's in the deck, it'll be on all the information. But if you type, even if you Google it, um, just because of the uniqueness of my name and the public speaking, I'll always come up first and LinkedIn is one of the first one that comes in. So I'm very easy to find. Just hit me on LinkedIn. Um, I, again, I love networking. I love doing these speaking. So just let me know if there's anything I can do to help or if there's questions I can do. Um, it's a great community. That's And I, I love it. Thank you. On behalf of all audience, let me I'll give you this. Again, I would like to thank you so much for the amazing and stunning presentation, a lot of values and a lot of things that open our eyes in how we should run the business and especially in the maturity stages. I'd like to thank you again for your valuable time, insights, experience and stories for sure. One more thing for you. Sure. Can you? I'm going to hit the last topic. There's no, there's no need to bring up um, the deck, but there is one more sure. in the deck, but I'm going to cover it right here. The one question I always get it asked also is, Steve, what is, you know, how do I get to stage five? I, I, you know, I'm here. I want to get to stage five. How quickly can you get us there? Or how quickly do you think I sh it should be before I get there? And my answer is going to be the same. It depends. But the one thing I have to make sure everyone understands, stage five is not the appropriate target or goals for all organizations. I, I, I will sometimes get people say, but that, that's the end all. Shouldn't we always be <laughs> shooting for that? There is always a Kaizen event. You always <laughs> want to prove it should never stop. Yes. But do you want to be at stage five for your industry and the strategy for your company? Stage five might not be a fit. When you look at technology and technology, it talks about machine learning, web crawling, um, AI. You need data yeah. scientists for that. If you're a mid-sized company and depending on the industry you're in, stage five may not be appropriate exactly. for your company. Now, with the people in alignment of the strategy, I would say, hey, for strategy, <laughs> you do want to try to get the four and five yeah, yeah. because that's that communication, the transparency, the openness. So stage five, you typically want to be process. You want to be on the higher end. But once you get to the technology and then also the external parts, there's sometimes where that ROI or the you know return on yeah. investment just investment. doesn't justify it. And a good example, a lot of us use that have been in the field a lot of long time. It's like inventory and service level where people say, Steve, what do I have to do to get 100% service level? And I'm going to say, you don't want 100% service level. <laughs> you want to get better. You want to improve. Inflated stocks. 100% <laughs> fine. You know, again, depending on the deviation of your business, 100% usually the cost doesn't justify it because you have those tails. And once you get out to, hey, I'm out to 98, 99, 99.5, that tail the cost of that is just so Inventory. exorbitant. It, it's, you know, for most companies, most companies, it won't make sense. So just be careful of when people try to say, we want to get to stage five and we want to do it now, <laughs> you know, that they understand that that is not always in the best yeah. alignment of the corporate strategy. So yeah. um, 
it makes sense because again it's it's all about the scalability of the business and right. it's very easy just uh, mostly using this what will be the cost versus the benefits and as you said it's all about the roi so if if i you will be using just artificial intelligence machine learning and I invest all of this but what will be the incremental just tangible things that i will have into my business if it, it doesn't justify it, for sure it would it doesn't make sense it's it's all about how you can reach to the optimal level in terms of profitability or business strategy versus the cost that you will be with. Right. This, this is the game. Yeah. yeah Again, I, I, I would like to thank you and I would like to thank all the audience that they inter interact and engage today. Uh, I restress, please, guys, if you need anything from Steve, uh, contact him directly to LinkedIn, on LinkedIn. And I guarantee you that he will be able to answer all of your questions and he will help you uh, whatever whatever you want. Thank you again, Steve, and thanks for everyone who joined us today. And hopefully that we'll have another episode very soon. I hope so. And again, thank you <laughs> and thank you for the audience and all the great questions. It was a wonderful event and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Have a great Bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co. We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.